After his panel discussion on racial equity at the Better Discourse Conference in Milwaukee, Unsafe Space caught up with Nico House. Here's Carter's conversation with him. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Nico House. We're at the Better Discourse Conference. And Nico was on a panel earlier today, and I think you were one of the two foils uh, compared to the kind of the general consensus here. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background first, and then we'll get into some of uh, the discussion. So uh, most people know me from uh, starting the largest Bernie Sanders organization in the country, but it was at the college level, uh, at Carolina Students for Bernie Sanders at UNC. And that actually evolved into me being the president of North Carolina Colleges for Bernie Sanders. And then I, because of how well we did, I became the state director for everybody. Yeah, that was crazy senior year. Um, <laughs> and then... Um, because of things that had happened that we experienced, I worked with Jared and Elizabeth Lee Beck, and we started the DNC fraud lawsuit. Uh, then I moved on to be Joe Stein's surrogate, and then, you know, fast forward, Tulsi Gabbard's surrogate. And then, uh, you know, I have my own broadcast network called the MCSC Network with my my, my show, Mikasa Sukasa, um, The Convo Couch. Uh, we have Rob Report. I mean, we just have a lot of brilliant, brilliant journalists who are talking about things that kind of very similar to stuff that we're talking about today. But even a step further, talking about election integrity, talking about uh, the weaponization of race by the left to completely disregard our actual issues, um, the mm -hmm. delegitim the delegitimizing of real journalism like that's the context so if we're going to discuss race let's talk about how it really affects all of these things if we're going to discuss feminism and or or gender discrimination let's talk about how we see it in these institutions and that's how they're able to do some of the things that they do and so that's what generally we we do at the mcsc network so what uh what did you not get to say on the panel or what, what do you think the, the points that you didn't get to quite make on the panel were? Honestly, I was very fortunate. I feel like I, I, I made all the points that I would want to make based off of, you know, the conversation that we had. The only thing that I think that I didn't get to talk about because we didn't, we just didn't have enough time to get to it. So there was a conversation that we were going to discuss with uh, black lives matter BLM. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and this is a good, just a good exercise in nuance. I, don't like the national organization of BLM. However, I do not conflate that with the idea of Black Lives Matter. Uh, and I don't give any quarter to people who try to use All Lives Matter as a retort or a rebuttal. Because if you truly believe that, then me saying Black Lives Matter shouldn't offend you. Because if you said White Lives Matter to me in a genuine conversation, right. I would not be offended by that because I absolutely agree with you. Okay. And so... And it's just like the Humane Society, I would never give a damn dollar to the national level of the Humane Society, and I have six cats and a dog. However, the local organization I've worked with, and they're brilliant, and they saved a pit bull that I rescued, um, probably from, from dying. I mean, she was just in really bad shape, and they took her in immediately, despite the fact that they were already full at the time, because the COVID situation kind of slowed things up. And so that's one thing that I guess that, that, that I didn't get to, a point I didn't get to make, which is we as a society, um, in our discourse has to be have to be better at two things nuance and avoiding presuppositions of people's motivations and yep. and if we just perfect those two things we I mean we saw a lot of that today right we in our discourse would be a bit more benefit and we as a society would just benefit wholly because of it well I can't disagree with that at all what so um when you say you separate BLM from Black Lives Matter, uh, I don't think a lot of people understand what you mean by that. And then maybe also why you would say, if I said all lives matter, why that's a problem. Okay, so when I say BLM, so Black Lives Matter was a statement that was made to remind people that, hey, every right that you get, due process, especially included, it matters for us just like it matters for you. Um, and you should fight for us like you would fight for your friend or your kid to have that due process. And so nobody should be having any extrajudicial killings or whatever. And you should care just as much. Now, so it's a statement of equality. E like well, a, equity. Like That's why I, I like the word equity. But basically what you're saying. And so what that got turned into, like most great things in this country, it was co-opted. And somebody, I mean, literally made a, when I say a nonprofit, I mean, they made a 501c4 and they raised a shitload. Yep. Okay, can I, can yep. I cuss? Yeah, they raised a shitload can, of money. You can cuss all 
all you want. <laughs> but they made a shitload of money. They took our message. The hard work that's being done on the ground, the true activism, which I was talking to some of these these good cops. I've heard myths and urban legends about these good cops, but the ones that, that we're guarding here, brilliant. They were holding cops accountable. They were just talking. I overheard a story. That's how I talked to them. I'm like, hold up, what did you just say? Right. And But that they take the good work of the good organizers on the ground and they profit off of it and they co-opt the message. And those are the ones getting the CNN interviews, not the organizers who are literally putting their ass on the line, getting tear gas just because they want to make sure Breonna Taylor's murderers get justice. And so that's what I mean by we can't conflate what some greedy assholes do to co-op movements because I would never conflate, for example, so I'm not a fan of the new style of libertarian. However, I am a huge Ron Paul fan. And if someone tried to conflate the two, I would say you're full those of shit. Not, those are not the same. As someone who loved Ron Paul as well, he's still around, but he's out, yeah. out of political life. Those are not the same thing. Exactly. I don't conflate, like for example, I don't conflate the Democrats with Tulsi Gabbard, clearly, right. and they probably wouldn't either, but, <laughs> you know, I don't know, right? Uh, they'd, they'd do well to conflate themselves with Tulsi Gabbard, but yes. Wouldn't, look, man, <laughs> if we could just have Tulsi Gabbard, Ron Paul, you know, even Jill Stein, just like, if every party was led by those type of people who could disagree on several issues, but truly their core values represent what we the potential we have as a country that's like what they all really holistically and yeah. like the idea that that's like far-fetched for me is like unacceptable those are the people who should be the you know the celebrities those are the ones who they should, should be, be on, on stage CNN. Yeah. they should be on stage Tulsi Gabbard is the only person in the history of the Democratic Party that got a delegate and did not get invited to speak at the convention well because she doesn't like war so yeah, it's a can't have that. Well, so yeah, we won't go down that that <laughs> rabbit hole. But so, um, but I think can you? I'm just I want to play devil's advocate here a little bit. I think a lot of people respond with "All Lives Matter" because what they think Black Lives Matter means is, well, it's this organization founded by Marxists, and there's this. It's a it's a very racially charged, um, kind of almost. Marxist, some people say I'm an ANCAP, so I don't want to say anarchy is bad, but people have the, a bad idea of anarchy and they'll say like, well, it's, it's Marxists and anarchists that are so saying just it. So this is a core, like to, to, to challenge that. So for those of y'all don't know, Marx, for whatever little, you know, for whatever good things that he did bring to the conversation, he was kind of known for being a racist. So I think it should, people should know, like when they're calling BLM a Marxist organization, it's hilariously well, ironic. Well, the founders have said they're Marxist. Well, the founders of the nonprofit. That's what I mean. And that's but what people don't. Exactly. And they don't know what the I mean, they don't know what they're talking about a lot of the times. Right. And so and that's what it comes down to. So we have to have conversation because I once again. So whenever I have that conversation with people, I try not to presuppose their motivations when they respond with that. Okay. But that has to be a, a, a two, you know, a, a, that has to be reciprocated from the other side. Because I say Black Lives Matter, you should not assume that I'm trying to erase white plight, like the white working class and what they're going through. It's not what we're saying at all. And as a matter of fact, and I, I've stood in solidarity with white working class, I mean, you know, of all kinds, really, but I'm specifically saying white working class that, uh, and I understand like there is some times that they get ignored because they are the white working class. I mean, let's be honest, right? That's what Trump tapped into when you're talking Absolutely. about discussing NAFTA. The rest, but I know I met a couple at Politicon last year that said our only issue was NAFTA because they were from Indiana and they saw it destroy generations, basically, yep. of their family because of that. And we cannot pretend as if the angst in white working class America doesn't exist. But is it too much to ask that? Ours getting knowledge too. Sure, sure. So, so, so when you say Black Lives Matter, you you mentioned that you you prefer the word equity. Um, for me, there's a big there's a distinction between equity and equality, and I'm not sure uh, if you mean the same thing. So let's just let's get into some nuance for a second. Um, I think everyone at least agrees that there should be equality under the law, yeah. right? Um, and then, but there's a level down from that. A lot of times when people say equity. 
what they mean is equality of outcomes. Is that what you mean by equity, or do you mean something else? Oh, no, absolutely not. I, no, I, I mean, I'm a, I have my own business. I don't want the equality of outcomes. Okay, let's <laughs> okay. be frank, okay? But no, I, just, I mean, when I say equity, I mean equity of opportunity. Okay. So there should be no system in place that inherently prevents one person from being able, being able to achieve a certain outcome uh, because of their race, their gender, their religion, et cetera, et cetera. Like I was speaking about earlier with redlining. Mm -hmm. That's the main problem with redlining. And the reason I specifically used redlining on the panel, by the way, um, was is because in America, the number one way to generate wealth is home ownership. Right. That is historically the case. And so you just take that one thing away. You ruin families. The number one reason for divorce is what? Finance. Yep. So the, it, it, you, it, you just it, what we talk about education, There's the family. There. It's like just that one policy right. where the Federal Housing Administration, once again, for those of you who may be anti-democratic and want to say like the Democratic Party racist too, which I would agree with, by the way, FDR's policy. That's FDR's policy, and it gets ignored because He's you have to criticize the New Deal. Yeah. And that's a that's a no no. Good God, don't ever do that shit. Like, and you you're not allowed you, on the Democratic side to do to. that. Okay, and, and you know it's why I always say, and of course you might disagree with this, but they say we need Bernie because he's an ex FDR, and I was a Bernie, big Bernie supporter, and I still I still like him. I appreciate a lot of what he's done, but we've kind of parted ways as far as his love for the Democratic Party right now. But I would say, see, that's the problem. Y'all are chasing the next FDR, but I'm the person who's figuring out why Henry Wallace never became president. So, so wait a minute. So if we're going to go in, I hate the new deal. So I'm happy to say that. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and that in particular, this, I'm going to pull you back into the Ron Paul territory. Then when we have this discussion, because one of the things that frustrates me is I see people saying, well, the system does this, the system does that. And, um, I never hear them talk about actually what that system is in a way that's, that makes, that I think is satisfactory. And to me, that is, that wasn't, that's not a private institution that did that. That was the government. That was the federal government that did that. And I, I think when we say we want the federal government to get involved in stuff, that's what the root of a lot of problems are. We are asking the federal government to use force because that's what they have a monopoly on, guns. We let them come in and start doing stuff, and and then it causes problems, and then we look back and say, well, we need the government to fix the problems. And I think the answer is often like, can't we just, is no one making the argument like, get the hell out of this space and leave us alone and let us voluntary, like, can we cooperate with each other without interference? So um, I believe that answer is both a yes and a no. So uh, I, so the traditional leftists, is anti-government despite popular belief like the traditional classical liberal yes. I, i'm uh I, I was just laughing today with people I was, I'm, a, I'm a second amendment absolutist and i actually think the right gets it wrong on the second amendment because they stop it i have the right to bear arms no no no. you have the right to bear arms in a well-regulated militia to defend against enemies foreign and domestic in the government from oppressing you you have not even been close because you what militia are you a part of are you taking a part in community training to make sure that your kids and your kids friends and your family can properly operate a firearm and why are you okay then with trump sending private contractors with machine guns when you if you try to defend yourself and you pulled out a damn machine gun depending on what state you're in you're going to jail just trying to defend yourself That's from right. an oppressive government who's using contractors from betsy devos's brother this is a this is why we have the second amendment and then right. you look what happened with the in uh the in fact people who are walking around with ARs marching. So interesting. I don't know if you noticed. Fun fact, none of them got beat with clubs or abducted in a van, van a marked van. Of course not. <laughs> I just might be a coincidence, but that's once, once I'm a second amendment absolutist. And so, uh, but I, and I am actually inherently anti-government. Now on the other side of the fence, one of the reasons that I'm anti-government, I agree with everything you said, except for you're missing the, 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 I guess, the start of the story which is why did for example mm -hmm. uh, uh why was kamala the one being pushed in the beginning of the democratic primary for example like like why was jeb and marco rubio i mean pushed in 2016 over trump why was obama's obamacare quote-unquote just so miserably wrong but somehow the insurance industry pop profited to a ridiculous tune since it's been passed and the answer is 
does federal governments cause problems? Yep. But who is the one literally using their power to pay the federal government to be trash? And that's private organizations. So the answer, like all things, is balance and accountability. And that's what we lack. And I agree with you, the federal government is not going to hold itself accountable. And that is also the problem. But the issue is when we get into the issue of accountability, nobody wants to talk about the accountability, at least um, in in a meaningful way, I should say, about the accountability of private corporations. And the fact that, I mean, these are the same type of corporations like JP Morgan was a literal monopoly. They were quote unquote broken up. You know, a lot of these monopolies didn't disappear. They rebranded generally. Well, there's actually not been a lot of actual monopolies without the government's help. So, but uh, why did the government help? Well, so this is interesting. If we're going to get into if we're going to get into this, uh, I don't think so. Some our panelist panelist earlier today was uh, wanting uh, a lot of regulation of Twitter, which I'm opposed to. Right? <laughs> who's okay. going to regulate Twitter? Please tell me. Right. Who's yeah. Gonna, yeah. Like, and breaking on. up them and blah blah blah. And they, and they they're talking about big tech. And the thing that no one talks about is well, big tech grows because it's funded by venture capitalists. Where do venture capitalists get their money? Well, they get their money from LPs. LPs are generally large. Uh, f- they're usually connected to the financial sector, sometimes family offices, but often they're connected to the financial sector, large uh, trust fund, not trust funds, uh, hedge funds, that kind of stuff. Now, now we have to rewind, rewind all the way back to Ron Paul and say, what the hell's going on with the, mon- the monetary system? Why does the Federal Reserve exist as this little lapdog of the federal government? The way that they are screwing over, I think, people more that never gets talked about is inflation. It it it, it kills the people with the least, the most, um, and and we just kind of everyone likes to blame. Oh, the corporation is doing this, and or or they blame the government separately. But no one says like the marriage of those two actually started back when the government decided to take over the money system. And then get in the business of like, oh, well, since we're going to take over the money system, now we have to regulate banks. And that's where it all starts. So so two things. Uh, I mean, the thing. So I, I appreciate the, the chicken and the egg argument. But at the end of the day, like we have to kind of deal with things. I know it's going to sound hilariously ironic as a <laughs> leftist, but we have to deal with things as they are today. We can't go back to the past. Right now. <laughs> sure, sure, <yeah. laughs> but no, in all seriousness, we, and, and, but, but I agree with you. And so the, the, the corruption in the federal government has to be accountable, but two, and it's probably going to improve your point even more. So honestly, uh, a <laughs> lot of the, like, so for example, uh, Facebook, <laughs> Facebook was actually funded by a venture capitalist firm, but it was InQtel, which is the CIA right. venture. So, right. like, whenever so that those, other guy says t- conspiracy theory, all I can think about is, you know, who invented that term? Yeah, CIA. Yeah. Thank you. To do, yeah, it's like, it's like it's, you can, and it's funny because, in by the way, Destiny made some brilliant arguments. That's why, I was, and I like using people's arguments against them. It's I love it. It's funny because <laughs> for those of y'all who don't know, uh, Stephen or Destiny is he's, he's popularly known by. Uh, we had a conversation about election integrity and things like that, and he made some brilliant arguments where he was debating Milo about systemic racism. I was like, so you agree that the system can be so corrupt that it will use race to get ahead? You know to to, uh, so that the elite can get ahead and yet you can't accept the premise that the same people would also use other forms of oppression against the general population to get ahead still in the electoral system where you kind of have to hold office in order to have the most influence and honestly y'all it was the longest i've ever seen destiny be quiet in the middle of a debate y'all wouldn't have believed it, it was awesome but i love the conversation <laughs> but in all seriousness yeah inkutel is real they're not shy about it go look up the no, address go to their I, website i know where they are yeah, yeah, they yeah, live in california inkutel is real they're there. yeah yeah and they yeah they're constantly <laughs> in silicon valley like in fact inkutel is the reason that amazon went from being not profitable at all to wildly possible profitable to oh by the way we need you to buy washington post for us is that cool 600 million dollars <laughs> here you go sure there's no strings attached to that like and it's not inconceivable at all when you understand if if you're if you're commonsensical you know the impact of, of technology and what it's what it's had on society uh also super weird uh, apparently which i just learned actually so like everybody on the paypal team is like a super billionaire like uh, elon musk was one of them yeah, know. Elon was like, one of those. He yeah. was one of them. Peter Thiel. Uh, P- Thiel, yeah. And, oh, man, that yep. dude. Yeah, He's connected to all, even in, you know, post yeah. PayPal, he's connected to all. So it's, it's, there, there's a reason that you have billionaires like Mark Cuban, and I would argue he should be richer than all of them because as far as 
business. He is absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. He can play the game better than anybody else. He owns things that like networks and and obviously the Mavericks and he's wildly successful and everything is achieved. Yet he is not even close to a fraction of what Jeff Bezos, a failed businessman, makes. He's <laughs> failed. He's a failed. He Wait, why do you say he's failed? I just wanted- because it took the. Once again, the government getting involved with your company. Okay, I don't successful. know the history. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it, it took through the AWS that he like? Uh, what, what is it like? So he got funded by Incutel also, but because I mean, they needed him to create Google he paid Earth. that back. Did he get it like a? Uh, loan? Well, yeah, of course. Well, so he paid it, but so the way venture capitalism works is I still own a permanent part of your company. Right, and that's no, one I mean, of the ways. Trust me, I know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But so that's one of the ways they can control you, right? Because yeah, I know people say oh, he's worth 130 or however much he's worth now, some crazy number. He can afford, you know. So he's he's worth that. But you also know how, you know, he's not. He couldn't sell that on the open market. But he that's a separate sell that on issue. Open market, and if even if they're only worth a third. What does that do to your company if they just said, we're going to sell this and then buy out your competition? We've seen because of things like Facebook, we know what it looks like when they, they prove. We don't care how popular MySpace is. If we want Facebook to be successful, you will no longer be competition. That's and that's so. I mean, Amazon's publicly traded, right? We, we could government. look. We could look it up. I assume I, they're they're publicly traded, so we should know what Inkytel owns. I, I doubt uh, it's that much. Yeah. So what they so they also what Inkytel does is they use other channels. Oh, you're talking about uh, specifically of Amazon. So what they do is they also use other cha- channels or uh, in other firms to they, so they give them the money and then they. Well, they definitely also give them contracts. Like he has a lot of government contracts. Uh, specifically, right? Amazon does yeah, for yeah yeah, 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 they, yeah. They, I mean the Bezos work with the CIA to create Google Earth right so exactly like clearly they're in a, a uncomfortable let's just say that well once you're a government contractor they do feel like they can come in and tell you like if you want to keep doing business with us you got to do blah 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 like absolutely they'll say that I worked for a defense contractor and was working on a product that wasn't for defense and I quit because I was told I had to put back doors in this product because that's what our main that's what our big customer wanted and this product was to go to wow. it wasn't theirs right wow. um and so I know they do that because it happens to me. I was there. It happened to me. So, um, so let's. I, I'm I'm worried that we might agree on on too much. So let's. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Was that not the point? I, I where that. are you on? Do you say you're on the left? Where are you? Oh man! Like, what? How do you describe yourself? Complicated conversation. Me and Melissa Jim, we were having this conversation earlier. Like in a pipe, my pipe dream is that we eventually are able to move past this whole left right dichotomy cuz i feel like we in this i feel like this event probably proved it more than anything the things that we agreed on we might have had subtle nuances on how we get like on differences of how we get there but we still agreed on where we should arrive and then the things that a lot of us consist like when somebody would say something while all of us no matter what we were like what the fuck did they just right, say that person's crazy yeah that person's <laughs> fucking crazy like, please do not think that they're like the rest of us that's the weird cousin that didn't get invited to the barbecue but keeps showing up drunk anyway <laughs> like and so um and i i i guess i am con- i consider myself a leftist um, and I guess it's mostly because of social issues, um, even though I feel like that's not a leftist thing. That should be like a humanist thing, um, because uh, I will vehemently defend you against any type of discrimination, uh, as I would hope that you would defend me. Obviously, um, yeah. I am like when it, like so. For example, my wife, very petite, she's five foot, eighty pounds, eighty five pounds soaking wet. Like, I mean she experiences sexism that I actually, because of what my mother went through, I could recognize in the workplace and she didn't even know because like sometimes when you're just a a victim of oppression, you're just perpetually dealing with these things. You think it's just the norm. And I'm like telling her like, no, 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 if that was me, it would not have happened. I can guarantee you that. And so, uh, when I told her, cause her boss refused to promote her, I said, Tell them that you've noticed that there are no female managers and no females uh, in, in these particular positions and watch some things get done. And the moment she had told him that, he he knew. And all of a sudden, there was a new female manager and she got the promotion immediately. So, uh, all right. so we got to fight. And it's like helping each other fight using our inherent privileges. Like, so I'm a male. I'm very big on if I can prevent outcomes from happening to someone who cannot defend themselves no matter who they are. Um, in my, I'm two, I'm six foot one, 200 pounds. Um, not a lot of people going to walk up to me in, in, a, in a dark alley. I promise you that. And that is the privilege that I, I try to utilize that privilege to help other people have equitable out or equitable opportunity of outcome as well. And so 
that's so i i guess i'm a, a populist i don't know <laughs> well so let's let's use that example though how do you know that your wife wasn't promoted uh because she was a woman and not just because she didn't deserve the promotion i mean i'm not trying to be disrespectful but like no. how do you how do you so, know so i mean because like so they have like numbers that can show how much you've contributed and of course she had been there long enough to see what gets you promoted okay and, and so so there was some objective measure that you felt absolutely. like hey this shows that this is it is talked enough by now you know I'm, I'm all about objective measures so <laughs> okay that's fine because here's what i'm pushing back on there is an idea that which is why i asked you earlier about equity and, and uh equality of outcome because there is a lot especially on the left and i think this is what um gets most people riled up with a lot of leftist rhetoric is when they talk about uh equality of outcome uh what they do is they look at a disparity somewhere let's say there aren't as many women engineers and google as there could be in, as there, it's not 50%, right? Uh, and they immediately ascribe that to, well, it must be because of sexism. Yeah, there's a, is a univariate a cause and it's, and it's related to discrimination. Yeah, no, that's a straw man. So like there's some things that like men and women naturally gravitate towards and you can even argue that's because of our experiences as men and women from different cultures, from different races, different backgrounds. And so that's a straw man. Now, if you argue that a woman who is an engineer in the exact same position is getting paid less and that's something that we should deal with, I would 100 percent agree with you. And so and I think that you would agree with that as well. Right. And I that's mean, not Google a straw. did a study and it turns out they had to raise the pay of their men. Well, and if that's the case, and it, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, what, that's the what case, happens, right? Because they actually wanted to address something that was a disparity, then that's the right thing to do. Like it's it's weird because I feel like this is something that happens on the left and the right a lot. Is people like to pick and choose when to do the right thing, and then mm. sometimes then when it, you know whenever it's like uh, something they can't personally benefit from, generally, all of a sudden it's let's hyper scrutinize whether or not this person is being done wrong or more so should we reconcile the wrong right. and that's like it's kind of disturbing because basically and, and it's like i think it's maybe american culture potentially that like oh if i can't benefit from it now i'm a scrutinize hyper scrutinize it but if like we were talking about with destiny and you know, i'm just picking on him because we were just talking about him sure um and you were there but like all of a sudden because he he's he's voting for body he's very unapologetic about that and i'm <laughs> absolutely not and all of a sudden I'm, and I'm sure he would admit that he's somewhat uh, he he believes that Trump some way colluded to rig the election and got a rigged outcome, whatever. But whenever it's time to discuss Biden, oh, it's not possible. That's just crazy. That's ludicrous. That's not reality. Oh, whoa, whoa, how? Why? Why right. is it all Trump sudden? did it, but Biden couldn't possibly. But Biden do it. couldn't couldn't. I'm like, and that's the it's not what, what it's different with. Not likely. No, no, no. It's impossible. Right. Based off of what? Right. And that's what I think is a problem in our society is whenever we we can benefit from something, we're quick to fight for it. If we can't if we can't personally benefit from it, then we scrutinize it if we can't benefit from it. And of course, if we don't understand it. And I think that like I, I said the other day on my show, I said if we started voting and 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 I don't say arguing as much as discussing uh like someone else's life depend on depending on it instead of our own lives depending on it then i think that things would just like society would just be so much better I, like that's just a genuinely i mean it sounds like what you're saying is there's a lack of principles in people's <laughs> attitudes generally right i mean yeah. it's like there is no principle i mean i i think you know we could get into a philosophy discussion but we've been infected with pragmatism for the past couple hundred years pretty severely and so there absolutely is a sort of pragmatism like well this works because it works for me it helps my argument and that's why i'm gonna say it um so I think I think you're absolutely right on that. Let's I, I asked and the reason I asked Ma yeah. that question earlier is because I, I was joking around with them, but when I asked them about like, well, what framework would you accept? Yes. I was genuinely curious because he said there's books and things that we should be arguing and we need to talk about those people and their arguments and their framework. I'm like, well, what are they? Because I would actually genuinely like to know because I like challenging my right. frame of mind. And, and, and why I think the way I do. And I want to know why you think the way you do, because I feel like we're agreeing on a lot. And so I want to know why we're, you know, why there's a variance on this really specific point. Sure. And, and obviously he did not really answer the question. And so at that point then I'm like, so you don't really feel like that you just wanted to get a one up on Steven in that particular point. And that, yeah. in my opinion, is unproductive because Steven wasn't being disingenuous. He was just trying to help frame it in a way that actually addressed all of 
what the reasons why certain things happen. Right. That well, that was Stephen's framework. He was speaking from his yeah, framework. Yeah, and right? Milo yeah. admitted what's happening to black people or people of color. And so, like, so they both accepted it was happening, but the argument then became, well, why are we accepting this particular framework of this happening? Right. And that I kind of reject, if less you're going to give me an alternative framework that I can research. Give me the autonomy to educate myself on why you believe. So, because we're talking about presupposition of motivation. Yep. I don't want to do that. And I do believe that most people who sit down like you and I don't want to do that. But when you, I, you, most people aren't like me where they're going to get up and like, bro, no, no, no. I need you to double back. What are you discussing? Like, what framework are you suggesting? Most people are just going to, you're not giving them a choice. Basically, you're just kind of like, oh, you're full of shit. And we're right. not going to get anything done that way. Right. So proposed alternatives like where you're discussed we i mean and we saw i feel like we saw a lot of that today people proposed it was it was a more nuanced uh conference than i've seen from other kind of political yeah, that's stuff, what they said right? they said this is actually the most and they've had bigger ones because of you know obviously we're in COVID, but he they said like this is like probably the most this went way better than we expected <laughs> 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 like given the people that you had talking i i probably agree with that i have not been another one so i'm definitely coming back next year if they have one though for sure so let's get into let's get into systemic racism for a second because it's a i think it's a sensitive topic that people maybe milo just doesn't want to talk i don't know i don't know why he didn't want to give his his framework but um i can i'll just I'll tell you my problem with having the conversation about systemic racism, or at least how it's presented often, right? Um, I don't disagree that, I mean, we talked earlier about gun laws are a great example. Uh, Jim Crow laws, gun laws, redlining. There have been absolutely things that the system have has implemented that has disproportionately, and I would argue sometimes intentionally disproportionately affected uh, blacks, specifically blacks. There have been some for other races, but mostly it's been targeted at blacks, I would say. Um, so I don't think anyone disagrees, any rational or reasonable person is not going to disagree with Thanks that. Thanks for the much, rational and right? reasonable caveat. Yeah, fair. <laughs> fair. Right. So no, I don't think anyone's going to disagree with that. Um, but uh, where I have a problem with it is I believe that the antidote to racism and uh, and ultimately, the the principles that we need to live by to, in order to get along with each other and have a prosperous, fair, just, and 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 uh, moral equitable, society, but not equality of outcome, but equitable, right? Of is individualism. You need to treat people as individuals. And I don't. I, I know people hate when you when you we quote Martin Luther King, but like I really love the content of your character not the color of your skin is a beautiful way to look that at that actually the world. was his dream that we could finally be seen as individuals so i i, I don't like when people say well you cuz you can acknowledge as an, as a as a white person like you not you don't pretend i'm not black but you don't respect me because i'm black you don't respect my opinion on black i don't respect a lot of black people and i don't <laughs> respect a lot of white people <laughs> you know, i respect very few people generally and you don't but you don't yes. it, it, but you it, are respected yeah good. i appreciate it but you don't you know what i'm saying like you don't respect my opinion about black people because i'm black no. you don't respect my opinion about you know left right because i'm black nor do you discount it because i am black right. and once we get to that point that is uh, that's amazing that would be amazing that's like and it's once again unfortunately it's inconceivable because it's either people everybody wants to make you a victim at when it's convenient for them right, right. it's like uh some people on the the right mostly right in the republican actually like in the the cult uh, called mm -hmm. the democrat republican party's cult because that's basically what the sure. fuck they are well, I, hey i don't like that <laughs> i don't like either one either so yeah, we're good you today. know yeah. what i'm saying so like they they all of a sudden they care about all of the racist and discriminatory policies that biden partook in right but they didn't give a shit but about not it. while he was doing it Exactly. Hell, that's, they were. That's right. And yeah. Biden is not shy about reminding us too, right? I work with Republicans again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I work with them because they asked me to get it done. I got it done for them. So, but all of a sudden, when it could be used in a political argument, and of course, because it's it's about controlling the narratives. I, I call it narrative siege. That's basically yeah. what we see from both sides right now. And it's all about. Also, now I have to back up this point because it's against Biden and it's for my team. So now, and then the left, right? Oh my God, we literally. I mean, once again, it depends. You may or may not agree with the idea of defunding police and there's legitimate arguments for both sides however this is what the left has basically been saying as far as the narrative is concerned and so what biden decides to do he says hold up really quick um let's let's talk about this 
maybe give them $300 million and then make one of EP. Is that cool? Like, <laughs> and <laughs> let's pick a black person who made a career off of using her blackness to oppress black people with her job because she knew she can get away with it because she was black. Like that is, I mean, that is for me despicable. Like that when Elizabeth Warren, same thing when, uh, come on, bro. Like you got caught Trump got your ass and you <laughs> fell for you all right into the trap. And what made it more sickening is if you take her word for it. Oh, so you actually thought you were native American and yet you still through the Sioux tribe of Standing Rock right under the fucking bus when you finally had an opportunity to use your quote-unquote experiences that you got a lot of goddamn money from to benefit that community that you swore you were a part of. That's what makes it so sickening. Even if I accept the fact that you might have thought that you were genuinely uh, Native American because maybe somebody in your family told you that, and I understand that everybody believes stories that they get from there. So you thought you were Native American, and you had no problem remembering to do it when it's time for you to get a job. When it's time for you to write the fucking book, powwow, child. You, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you had no problem. But when it was time to defend, uh, 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 not some abstract concept of, of philosophical, should they be free? No, no, no. It's a fucking treaty violation. <laughs> this is where you're supposed to step in, and you were no, no. Excuse me. She was worried about you. Let the workers work is what she said. Right. When you're violating treaties, I'm like, so that's what you're saying when a woman gets her eyes shot out. Another woman, another young woman gets her arm taken off that's what you said and that is more dangerous to me was when one side will weaponize identity identity i call them identitarians basically um and i say that i would say that the left and the right both have identitarians although they're branded differently those are the ones crushing our movements are the identitarians who are pretending like they're being altruistic and genuine, but they're truly not. And I, I, I try not to even entertain them. Uh, some, although sometimes you have to, I will engage you of course, but sometimes uh, it's more important for us to have these conversations so that we can know more of us exist than they do. Although they sometimes uh, purposely so are the loudest. Those are the ones who are elevated the most because our society rewards divisiveness, but that is by, of course, design so that we don't start attacking the 1% and the elite because uh, we're too busy attacking each other. I That I completely agree with. I think the whole, I think the race war is ginned up so that we don't, it's so that it becomes not a war against the elite and the non-elite. And I think the left-right dichotomy is a whole distraction uh, so that we're not instead, it should really be an authoritarian versus libertarian or like, you know, freedom versus authoritarian. Like, yeah, it should be that scale. Uh, but instead it's this other orthogonal scale, uh, which is kind of irrelevant because they're both pro-war kind of milk toast on everything. The same. It's like, all right, well, honestly, Trump didn't and do they much both different. Hate Trump, like everybody knows I'm not really a big fan of Trump, mostly because he's a politician. No, but they both hate him. But they both hate him. And anybody who's like fooling yourselves because you saw a Republican defend him one time, <laughs> now that Republican wants to keep his goddamn job. And Democrats, maybe you should learn something. This is what happens. You can actually win and then you can actually control outcomes. Bernie, see what happens when you actually fight for your damn supporters? Okay, just letting you know. I just want to bring that up. Cause I'm tired <laughs> of people pretending like if Bernie would have been in office, Republicans or Democrats wouldn't have been kissing his ass to keep their job. Because then when your life, or excuse me, not your life, your livelihood is all the line. Oh, well, everybody can act right when you when your bank account might bounce a check. Okay, so but the both the Democrats and Republicans both hate Trump, but they also, ironically enough, on the worst qualities about his presidency, they agree with him. That's what's scary. Like, give me an example. So. Um, B bombing Syria. Oh yes, that's a great one. Thank at, you. Yeah. After the alleged chemical weapons attack that was later yes. disproven, uh, because they did this thing called an investigation. I know it's not like a popular concept in the federal government. Wait, but what? how do you spell that? <laughs> <laughs> so, in when they when it was time to discuss impeachment, uh, I said, "Well, impeach him on Syria." Impeach him on assassination of Soleimani. Impeach him on fun, right. uh, 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 helping to fund the, the genocide in Yemen. Impeach him on any of these things. If you really want him gone, if you really want accountability, but no, let's impeach him over a phone call with the Ukraine uh, where... And by the way, I don't know if y'all know this. The Ukrainian president is actually a progressive who doesn't actually like Trump. Right, no. Yeah, yeah. And that's what people don't know. And yet... 
we're going to hold a, 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 an impeachment <laughs> where the main witness would be obviously the president of the Ukraine. <laughs> well, can we call him as a witness? No, no, no. We can't do that. We can't do that. Well, obviously, because both sides like what Trump did, the bad stuff, right? That's your a, point. Exactly. Right? Yeah, okay. And actually, in the Ukraine scandal, he wasn't actually doing anything bad. So funny story about that. Uh, an investigation actually began being launched into the corruption that Biden's son specifically partook in right. in the Ukraine because he was actually just addressing all the corruption that had went down. And so they had to gaslight Trump on the issue because eventually it would have come down on Biden specifically. And it turns out every all the leadership in the Democratic Party was connected to the corruption also. So it would have been a major same domino with Russia, effect. by the way, so same with Russia. And so what they did is this very Machiavellian tactic where they blamed him ex exactly for what they were guilty of. Yeah, but they're of course, good at that. You know, they're they're brilliant at it. Yeah. Yeah. So, OK, so not that brilliant because they can't. <laughs> oh, it's very long now. You, you see through it, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so wait, wait a minute. I'm, I'm confused that we're agreeing on too many things still. So uh, because I want so I want I want to get back to the race, the systemic racism issue, because when I laid Don't out, just call you a racist and it'll be done. <laughs> You're fucking you, racist. Wait, <laughs> wait for a minute, and, and if you can throw in Nazi, that would be great. Um, but no, like so, we're we're kind of. I expected when I when I talked about the judging people by the content of their character, and I expected you to kind of push back on that because often when I hear people talk about the systemic racism, and I think you argued for reparations on the panel, did you not? Yeah, yeah, I was using representative example. Was this, okay, but yeah. So often when I hear that, I think, okay, this person is wants to treat people differently based on the color of their skin and put people into categories and have like a a more uh, collectivist viewpoint of humanity rather than individual. Because I have never owned slaves, and you were never a slave. Yes, your ancestor, like you, absolutely have been affected. Well, assuming that. I yeah. don't know if you came to America after slavery, well, if you're in, but whatever. We were Let's um, assume that you're slavery, so um, Barbadian. Okay, so, so same concept. Right, so I can say, okay, you were probably affected. I was probably not affected, unless there's some history I don't know about my family. Right? Yeah. Okay, so I, I can agree with that, but we're both men, adults. We're individuals. I wouldn't ask you to pay for the sins for your father. Why would you ask me to pay for my father's sins? So um, let's let's reframe that in in this way. Like I mean, and we talked about this on the panel. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to pay for the sins of your father, right? But what I am going to say is that the last case of redlining, which we just discussed, just ended in it was it was in 2015. The last super case. recently, is what you're saying. just a little bit, right? Um, I am going to say that, like we talked about earlier. Uh, property taxes, 93%. 93 uh, of education is funded through property taxes. And mm -hmm. we just talked about how the New, New Deal set up Federal Housing Administration that yep. put yep. in place. So now we're talking about Jim Crow, which obviously is, is, is a remnant of, of slavery, but it's also still here, right? And so now you're – think about it like this. I, I, I was talking about reconciliation. I don't like that. Oh, you're treating them as a, your individual. No, no, no. Reconciliation is so important because, and it's and it's funny because Milo was talking about men and some things just men do. Da da da. Which right. is kind of funny because it's only one situation where I would actually agree with him on when it comes to that. When men fight at a young age and sometimes even when you're a little bit older, they become best friends after. Yeah. Because you really can't know someone until you fight them. Yep. Now I know exactly where your heart is. I know how you, and that's, if there's a time Trust to be dirty. Trust built a lot through a yeah, fight as if well, you, yeah. If there, if there was a time to be dirty, if there's a time to be a cheat, if there's a time to be, this, you know, that would be the time. You're going to, you would do it then. And if you don't, and we just shoot the fair ones as it were, now I know, like, oh, you got, you're a real one. You have heart and you believe in, you know, what your, what your principles are. So we reconciled and obviously you don't want to fight but what i'm saying is reconciliation is so important to moving the fuck on and i'm like people think i'm joking i'm tired of having conversations about race it's sure. fucking exhausting everyone is at this like, point yeah, yeah, yeah it's exhausting you think i like people think that like i just want to talk about how oppressed we no motherfucker like i'm tired of it and guess what if we reconciled wrongs like we pick and choose to do in the united states uh, then a lot of these conversations would die 
Like it, and it's a like there was a point. In How do you story, reconcile something like slavery? So there is it, well, so like I said, it isn't just slavery. It's like we or, have laws or, that or are still in place. How do you reconcile twenty fifteen? And then you have so you have to so I I suggest reparations, and of course it's like we can debate about what format. Like, like there's no uh, in the entire black community, there's no consensus on what form reparations should take. So I should I think there's like for this. Uh, misconception that everybody agrees on bro there's a debate in the black community on who should get reparations i technically by the more popularized definition of quote-unquote african descendants of slaves would not fall into the category category because i'm bayesian and my ancestors would have only gotten here a couple of generations ago right so even though we're part of the diaspora and we had slaves um I couldn't tell you exactly. They weren't in America. They weren't in America, or at least in uh, United States, and therefore I should not qualify. There are some people who genuinely believe this, which obviously is completely ignorant to the fact that, bro, you ain't gotta be a slave to have literally suffered from being black and looking like one. So, Mm. and that's a debate I have within the community, right? Uh, Interesting, yeah. So I try to be consistent, like I said, and so it's a. at that point, we have to try to reconcile. It's, it's like a like I said, it's a debt. It's a it's a genuine debt. And if we start looking at it, like when you are done wrong by the government in today's society, you sue the government, you claim damages. If you sure. win, they pay you. And it's really who paying? It's the taxpayers. I admit it. But guess what? If you don't want to pay that shit in the future. Bet you make sure the shit don't happen again, right? All of a sudden, when you once again sure. your dollars being affected, you start paying a little bit more attention, even if it's not for altruistic reasons. So, uh, the ty- how we reconcile, I'm more always more than happy to discuss. So, what do you, I mean? So, here's some issues though. Like most whites, even during the slave era, were not slaveholders. Like it's like it was like what less than less than ten percent of whites true. owned slaves, right? But more whites, <laughs> ironically enough. They definitely benefited from Jim Crow right after slavery. So even though they didn't have slaves, they had no problem. You know, there were a lot. So say sure, were, but did they did they like like I did, I would never so have the voted South, for the, the, the redlining you're talking about. I right? agree with you. 100%. So why do my taxes go up? What do I have to reconcile for as an individual? Be, so I think there is. Oh God, I hate talking about social contract, but basically, <laughs> you know, oh, they're, they're, they're kind of is like, so they're, they're kind of is one. So like, I'm like, so one thing about me, I'm, I'm like a super fucking consistent. So if somebody say, well, do you, somebody said, what about reparations for the, we're supposed to pay reparations to Native Americans. I'm like, yeah, actually they should get them first. If you ask me, right. Like, and I genuinely believe it. I'm like, we have not done a nowhere, anywhere near enough to what, well, once again, reconcile it. Does it mean equity of opportunity? Uh, excuse me, equity of outcome or equality of outcome? Probably not. That's just not how reality works. But that's not what the issue is. The issue isn't uh, necessarily like when she was talking about. Well, oh, what is the goal? What are you trying to do for the black community with this money? Uh, and and I don't mean this in any type of nefarious way because she was being very genuine when she asked the question. But it's none of your fucking business. It's that's not the point I'm arguing. If you have a debt that has to be paid, you don't get to negotiate with the goddamn bank. Hey, man, so what are you going to do with this money if I pay it back to you? You're going to reinvest it in some fucked up, you know, investments and then bet on it. You know, sure. like, no, it's if, if it's a, if I sue for a debt and I win and I, I can almost guarantee in court if you sue. So there's actually one city paying back reparations in North Carolina now, uh, Asheville, North Carolina. And so because it was like a lawsuit in court. So okay. if somebody if there was like a class action lawsuit in court. Um, would it be difficult to win? It, it would be difficult depending on where they decide to argue from and what they're asking for as far as damages are concerned. Right. But at the same time, if they do win that case, let's say they do, that at that point, America would not have a choice but to pay that money if they won it in a court of law. Well, but so again, I, again, this is this weird thing of like, I'm very much an individualist, right? Mm-hmm. And I... <laughs> But do you I've also been an anarchist for quite some time. So, oh, like, really? who the hell do I? I would like, not have pegged you as an anarchist. Me. I wouldn't. That is like not what I would have pegged you as. Yeah, I'm an anarcho, I'm an anarcho capitalist, <laughs> right? You. So, okay. like, who the like? I haven't voted for fuck all. Like, what the hell am I being like? What do you mean the government's doing this shit? I'm like, yeah, I hate the government too. Why am I being punished for this bullshit? Like, I didn't do anything. So, once again, so it goes back to the concept I was talking about earlier. Are you being punished? You could see it that way. 
Well, like I said, you're, if, are you stealing money from me by you by force? And you can see it that way also, or you can see it how I saw it earlier. Uh, if we started behaving politically like someone else's life depend on it instead of our own, our society would just be a much better place. Like that's just. Well, that's okay, but that's a very vague statement. Like, oh no, it's not. I'm I mean, happy to apply the same rules to everyone. I don't want there to be any racism. I want it all individualism. Like, I want people to be free to do their things. Then, I, it, then it comes down to what are you willing to do to see that goal achieved? And so, are I don't you think to reparations make, fixes that problem. Are, well, you can, so once again, you can have an argument about that, and you might say that reparations doesn't fix the problem there i can make an argument that it would and we can go back and forth all day but is is that really the argument we should be having or should we be asking well has it ever been reconciled and then i would ask what would you do to reconcile that if like if you truly oh, want like to achieve those how goals, would you reconcile yeah, is what you're saying how would you wreck because like the anxiety is going to be there the anger the resentment is going to be there and it's going to because uh, this is what always happens with anger and resentment in this country it's going to be misdirected and if it's and we could prevent all of that by five extra goddamn dollars out of your paycheck a, year, a month <laughs> you so, know it's not like it's like it's, 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 and if it say and I would even make this argument I don't think it should be coming out of your goddamn paycheck we should reduce the goddamn military budget by half and it should be coming out of any motherfucking paychecks well, but that's a different discussion for a different day that's, <laughs> yeah you might have I would rather spend it on that than the yeah but that's a that's a separate issue right so um, but I, I guess I guess where I'm I'm pushing back here is it's like who needs to the, the people some of the people are still alive who've done the recent things. Like, I would agree with you. I was running for president right now. Right. <laughs> right. And if, and if what I was hearing from the community was, look, here are, here are the things that, that people still living have done who had power and did this, right? And if there was some magical way to say, like, we, not only do we know who those people are, but we know every fucking person who voted for them. You're all responsible somehow. I could get on board maybe with an argument that like that. But but it's really I mean and that even is a big stretch for me, but it but I can I could get there maybe. But when it's when it's applied to like when it's applied to people that are totally disconnected from this process, just living their life, not trying to to do any of this stuff, it, it seems it seems um like you're actually committing another sin which for which there will be bad blood on the other side now which is like why the hell am i did not why am i paying this why am i made to feel guilty for something i've never done so i would i would say this you're an individualist um the community can argue for whatever they want and a lot of the times because this is just the nature of discourse most communities are make shit arguments for themselves so i'm going to say this listen to my argument as an individual okay and uh and i'm going to talk to you of course as an individual mm -hmm. and for and yeah to justify maybe everyone else when paying to the system i have to justify every way like everything that you just outlined right now i'm not asking all of them i'm asking you as an individual for me as an individual are you willing, literally, I mean, it's not an exaggeration. It really would be like $5 sure. a month to pay $5 a month right. to potentially reconcile hundreds of years of trauma in a group that in, in a way that we can actually finally move on. Are you willing to pay? I mean, and I'm not exaggerating, by the way. It's yeah, not no, like that's would, fine. Are you asking me? Like, I'm asking if I would you personally pay five bucks for this. Yes. No. Well, I'll not? tell you why. Because I think it re-traumatizes and keeps an old wound opened, and I don't accept guilt that I why, don't why earn. Do you I, I don't. That? I didn't do that. To well, but I'm not. But I didn't see. That's the thing. I didn't ask you to feel guilty. I didn't ask you to feel guilty oh, at I all. I'm, I'm not. I'm, and I'm actually. I'm not asking you to feel guilty. What I'm asking you is, I know you don't feel guilt from it. I know you weren't connected from it. But what are you willing to do to see the most vulnerable members of society I'm willing finally to do, okay. get to remove? You know what I'm saying? Like, and so. I had that conversation with you and I actually genuinely believe that if somebody walks me say five dollars and these people would not have and, and we can finally move on and they can live in peace knowing that it was addressed okay. and I genuinely believe you would probably do if it. If I knew that it would work to move past this entire discussion mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, And because, of course there's no way to know for because sure. Because this discussion 
is fucking draining on all of us yeah. and it's killing all of us. Yeah, and I'm just, so, and I'm just basing, sure, like, the reason I say reconciliation but, is because, like, there's enough studies to show, like, if when you reconcile something, people just can naturally move on. And so that's what I, why I keep saying reconciliation. And so now, and I, and I genuinely believe, it, you're a good guy, man. You, Five dollars a month, you ass with you pay ten dollars a month. Sure, like, I'm just, I'm just, but like, I'm, I'm trying to argue from a moral perspective though, because I think there's, you've, got, you've got a lot of people who are, especially white folks, who are, are like, why are you trying to make me feel guilty for something that my, my, not even my ancestors, but some old people who are dead, who I have in no relation to, did because they, because the argument usually comes from slavery. You're bringing up more, more recent stuff. Fine. Frankly, some of those people that do that redlining shit and some of these bad laws, uh, blacks voted for these people. <laughs> blacks passed. No, blacks did some of this shit to themselves. Well, a lot. Well, so I should say this too. So we were talking about election integrity problem. Like a lot of the times, black people weren't necessarily voting for those people, but it, the vote, the well, outcome was made to. We look may like. not know who the hell they're. That's yeah, fair. so I, I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> say like that per se. But I, so I would say this though. Um, would you agree that? In a, in a situation where we're both going to the same bank to get the same loan to go for the same business, which actually happens more often than what people would think, mm -hmm. and we know for a fact that I would have depend no almost every time, especially depending on the neighborhood, I would have been denied that loan, and you would have not been denied that loan. Uh, although that is not necessarily to any fault of your own, but you had a situation where you directly benefited from that system. You didn't vote for the politician sure. who puts it in. You don't work at the goddamn bank. You don't control credit loans you don't control credit scores right but you, i'm disconnected but i benefited yeah yeah, yeah but you benefited mm -hmm. and and simultaneously i was prevented from that opportunity mm -hmm. we'll never know if i could have ran a better business we'll never know how many right. people i could have employed in my business we don't know what i could have done for the community um or how i could have personally benefited. Right. it might have been better to give you the loan just from yeah. a like social quote social good thing social maybe you'd have been more thing. successful shit hey, fuck right. it. this is from a capital i could have literally just been a better businessman that's what i mean you know yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what i'm saying and we'll and we'll and there are so many situations like that where we'll never know now right and like i always like i pointed to black wash year earlier like my dumb ass kept saying oklahoma city tulsa <laughs> but <laughs> it's been a long couple of days y'all but in all seriousness i was talking about black wash i'm like we've seen what the black community can do when it gets it, it was able to create its own opportunity and then what the problem was is that they were so good at it that they kept having it burned down by people who didn't and then, so right. did everybody so you're asking me did what everybody burn the city down no but how many people watched it happen and didn't do anything about it right so you're asking me what i would do well what do you mean what do you do what do you mean what would you do? you ask me what i would do to reconcile that yeah actually i would like to know yeah I would quit my job as a venture capitalist and lose money for two years doing a show talking about individualism to people <laughs> to try and get people to fucking treat each other like individuals. That's what I would do. Sounds like me. I quit. I, decided I don't know what lawyer. else I can do. I'm arguing the best I can for individualism <laughs> every fucking day, man. That's what I'm doing. Look. And it's better than five bucks a month. Hey, look. I love it. <laughs> I, I, I feel like uh, the, the best independent journalists uh, sacrifice something. For you, you, you cannot possibly believe. Like as much as a lot of people say they believe in what they believe in, I don't. I, I ask you what you sacrifice. I don't care what you gain. I don't care about your audience. I don't care about. You can get all that by being the fakest motherfucker in the room. You know what? A, a definition that I love that changed my the way I thought about this when I heard it. Mm -hmm. You know how people talk about what they value. I value this. I value that. The best definition of value I've heard is, values are things you act on to gain and keep so now i don't mm. give a shit what people say they value i look at what they do i'm like what do they act on to gain and keep those are their values or inact or they're in action well right? then those are not values exactly <laughs> that's right uh well sometimes values will call it well or yeah or your, your lack of adherence to your own supposed values which means they're not really your values right and and i, I love that definition by the way because i firmly agree with you because there are some people who are in which I, and some people actually, and it's funny that you use that definition because I feel like some people call me a purist because I live by that same creed. It's a great definition, and right? There are times, I have a lot of people problems with people like on the left. Like, so I am not a fan of AOC. In fact, I like have, to this day have written the most viral leftist article criticizing her. I think her. you're too smart to be a fan of AOC, buddy. My, my, I know, right? I kind of started to notice that correlation. People actually, you know, literally read more than two paragraphs of any article ever. Um, 
But in all seriousness, my problem with AOC is actually her lack of principles. And when you choose to speak up, when are you choosing to speak up? Because everybody was like, yes, queen, yes. Oh, my God, you defend yourself. Yeah, that's all she ever defends is her goddamn self. And (laughs) that's the only time that she's as loud as we've known her to be. But whenever a woman of color like Tulsi Gabbard was being discriminated against in more ways than one by her own goddamn party, you were nowhere to be found. When Nina Turner, Bernie Sanders coach, was being called racial slurs on Twitter, you were nowhere to be found. When Nancy Pelosi, the Democratic Party and the Republican Party and AIPAC and Israel's whole fucking lobbying uh, groups started converging on Elon for saying a factual statement, which is that Israel's lobby funds way too many Washington politicians, you were nowhere to be fucking found for 48 hours. (laughs) We were literally waiting for her. And then she comes back with... To, to, of course, use as an opportunity to tra- attack Trump. She already apologized. She didn't say anything wrong. She never had to apologize. So where are you at when it's time to be loud for somebody else? If you're going to be loud for yourself. Yeah. And, honestly, and then, of course, whenever Nancy Pelosi attacks her, oh, why are you always attacking us women of color? I'm like, hold up. She didn't attack all of y'all. She attacks you this time. Don't be trying to love. Now you want to be the squad again, right? right. When Because she, she doesn't want to make it look like it's about herself. And yeah. that, once again, if you actually are paying attention to this, I mean, shit, actually, if you pay attention close enough, it makes it kind of looks like AOC's a sociopath. Um, honestly, I'm not even joking. And people get mad at me when I say that shit. But yep. like when you ingratiate yourself with certain people, like she was kissing Tulsi Gabbard's ass when she got elected, ran on Tulsi Gabbard's policies, quite literally signed a fucking document saying I'm going to run on this specific policy, the All Fossil Fuels Act. Uh, then you get there, you enter some bullshit Green New Deal. You don't give Jill Stein or Howie Hawkins credit, even though I'm not a fan of Howie Hawkins, but you don't give them credit for the damn branding. You don't give Tulsi credit for inspiring you to make climate change as a central point of your uh, talk. Tulsi's, uh, by all measurements, Tulsi's climate change legislation is the most aggressive climate change legislation in the history of the fucking world. I haven't world. seen it. But. 400 climate and environmental organizations endorsed this shit and helped put it together. And this isn't no bullshit. Like, I know like there's a lot of elitist academic and corruption within the climate change discussion. I am not naive to that. These aren't those organizations. That's what's amazing about this. And AOC knew this. This is why that was before Tulsi got basically ousted by her own party. That was the gold standard for climate mm. change because finally it was something that the left and the right could agree on that didn't just put a bunch of money in corporations pockets and aoc was nowhere to be found and in fact she tried to co-opt that movement that was inspired at least in her part by tulsi and where is she at whenever tulsi's getting discriminated against yeah well but but kamala yes black (laughs) indian i'm just so excited well i mean you said that you opened this conversation with saying that both sides use people of color and i don't actually like that term but i mean non-whites right now when i say that uh uh they both use them as pawns, which is absolutely true. Um, and it's frustrating. I wish people would notice that they're being used <laughs> so much. Sides. Yeah. Because white people think that they can't be used as a pawn in a situation like oh, that. Oh, they're used all the time. Exactly. But they, but they think that they can't be used. And that's what's even more like, see, and this is why we have such a disconnect. Because y'all think that y'all are invulnerable to corruption and propaganda and conditioning and right. we all are like right. and they use different ways to do it and they use our own traumas generational trauma that we've all experienced whether it be the the removal of our jobs um from from you know the the rust belt in the midwest or even north carolina with the textile mills mm-hmm. whether it be uh um I know like in West Virginia and like poor white communities, the, the, the police forces, they, they treat the poorest of that, so those communities like they treat the black people. Like they ain't got no black people to pick on. So who else are going to pick on? Poor people. Right. Because you still got to fund those police departments somehow. You, you know? got to pick on someone. <laughs> got to pick on someone. Well, and, in the war on drugs, you know, war on drugs is a fun thing to do. You can get lots of cool paraphernalia, but you got to have someone to arrest. So, exactly. So know. if in the, in the areas where there are no black people to arrest, there's only one other group that they're <laughs> going to arrest. And the, it's the ones that can't do anything about it. Right. And that's what I try to when people use that argument like kind of like against what I'm trying to explain to people about systemic racism I says I say then you should know because you are the most vulnerable if you may have been the most vulnerable of your community yeah and they targeted you because of it right and so you right. should understand and now my you, and you understand the core the overlap between uh, general ethnic minorities and class so if you understand that overlap and you understand they're attacking the poorer of the communities, exactly. then you should understand the disproportionate impact. Exactly. 
Oh. We're being told to wrap we're it up. Being, we're being told to wrap it up, guys. Fuck them. All right. All right. Well, this has been a gr- this is I want to talk to you more, but yeah, we can do listen, it as another time we, or whatever. This has been a yeah. great conversation. Thank you so much for joining. And uh, yeah, really you know what? It. I'm a little bit pissed that we didn't argue more, but uh, <laughs> I get but that cool, a lot. Man. I, I get that a, a lot. People think that we like I, I get, once again. I guess because I call myself a leftist. Um, or you gotta uh, stop. I don't think you're a leftist. Uh, so my my older my older mentor calls me a classical liberal, and I tend to agree with him based off of his description. Basically, he's just like basically the idea of classical liberal is 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 this insert whatever here worthy of free men, yeah. and uh, it's something I holistically agree with. I'm just like man, look, it's kind of look. Dave Rubin fucked up that damn term for the whole world at this well, point. Classical liberal, classical. Oh my god, he has no idea what the term means. I've and actually I don't really pay attention now. What is he? You should not do it. But basically, no. he uses that as a front to say whatever dumb shit he wants to like you, you know it was bad when joe rogan was like bro what are you talking about like that's not true <laughs> whenever joe rogan has to actually jump in and question you what you're yeah. saying that's what david joe's is. got he's weird because he's got like actually a lot of knowledge because he's interviewed so many people but he just kind of shuts up and asks questions and never it's contributes beautiful. except for once in a while where he I love like, it uh, I lo- yeah. what, it's the when he does contribute it's at the most he literally will change how an ent- a person's entire image is perceived yeah. with one or two following follow-up questions. He ch- did it with Candace Owens. He did it with Ben Shapiro. He did it with, uh, well, yeah, Ben Shapiro. He did it with Dave Rubin. I mean, he's done it uh, with with left with the left and and the right, and it's just brilliant. Yeah. I, I, and that's why I don't believe in deplatforming anybody. I'm like, hell no. Give dumbasses a platform to prove that they're dumbasses. <laughs> Give them asses. a bigger mic. Give them a bigger goddamn <laughs> mic. Now, here's the problem is that fringe people like you and I, are, you know, common sense is fringe nowadays. Yeah. We don't get a bigger platform specifically because being commonsensical is controversial. Well, that's the one thing that they're most afraid of mm-hmm. is... People having real conversations, having and being rational and saying, "Hey, we want to get along mm-hmm. and solve problems. Let's have a rational discussion about solving problems." They don't yeah. want that crap they at all. They not want that. So I genuinely, I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, me too, man. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining. No problem. Thank you. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel. We have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy, so go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. Our trip to the Better Discourse Conference in Milwaukee was made possible by the support of the following individuals, with a special thanks to Dr. Carlin Borisenko, who generously donated the Super Chat proceeds from her episode with Carrie. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Please avoid any contact with these individuals. According to the FBI, these are all Russian bots. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Marxism will definitely work this time. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.